But some people, whether it be like running a 5K, a 10K, or what I did, like everybody's level, whatever challenges you is what matters. You know what I mean? So if people are like, well, yeah, but I mean, who's going to like paddle from Cuba to Key West? Well, that's not what I was trying to make people do. (laughs) I want to inspire them to push themselves to whatever it is that challenges them. Mm. Even if it's not in sport, even if it's academically or in business or in your work or whatever it is to go out and just get your dreams conquer your goals, all that stuff. Hey everyone, welcome back to One Thing in Common podcast. Today I am thrilled to introduce one of the most adventurous people that I know. Victoria Burgess has been living in South Florida since the age of five and grew up as a competitive athlete on land and eventually in the water. Being in and around the ocean led her to her life's passion of surfing at age 20 and eventually stand-up paddleboarding. Since then, she has been in top placements around the world on the competitive side of stand-up paddleboard racing and surfing. She's a two-time Florida State paddleboard champion, holds a second-place overall female title on the stand-up paddleboard surf East Coast Circuit Tour, and holds a Guinness Book of World Record for being the first female to stand up paddleboard from Cuba to Key West nonstop for 115 miles in 27 hours and 48 minutes. Along from her athletic side, Victoria holds a PhD in health and human performance and works as a certified sports nutritionist. She's also a performance coach in her company, Tactical Athlete Nutrition. Everyone, I'm so excited to bring on my friend, Victoria. Hey, what's up? Hey girl, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. I am so excited that you are on here today. It's been a while. It has for sure. <laughs> Ever since you moved from South Florida, Victoria, it's just been like, it's been hard on us. It's been hard on us. Oh, my people. <laughs> you know? oh, well, we miss you down here, but we're happy that you're enjoying your, your life up there with Roy and the two, what, two puppies? Yeah, my two babies. Two little babies. <laughs> Saw a little tails wagon back there. <laughs> so, Victoria, I have to ask you, because anybody that just heard that introduction has to know, okay, this girl loves the water, all right? And <laughs> we pretty much became friends because of our love for the water. I think it was one yeah. day we're at the beach paddleboarding, and that's how we became friends. <laughs> so, I wanted to ask you, at what age did you fall in love with the water? So, I mean, growing up in Florida, you'd think I would have fell in love with the water sooner, but Mm. actually it took me until about, well, I would say probably like 18 or so I started getting in the water a little more. Um, When I started surfing, or I call it like started surfing, but um, I was just basically paddling around on my board for like almost two years, I think, before I even caught a wave. Like me and my friends would go out and just paddle around. I don't even know what I was doing. I was just paddling, but yeah, so it was a little later in life. My parents aren't water water people. So Mm -hmm. I stick to the land sports when I was younger, they had me in all different sports then. So yeah, I would say around 18 or so I got in the water more and then it just developed from there. And what, I remember we had a conversation when you were telling me that you were doing more surfing before you got into stand-up paddleboarding. Yeah. So how did you make that shift? Um, well, I surfed from like, well, I don't even know how old I am now, (laughs) but I surfed from like 20 to 30. Mm -hmm. 
And then I started stand-up paddling when I met my boyfriend, Rory Cam. I mean, my friends were kind of paddleboarding, but I wasn't caving in because I thought it was goofy. <laughs> and then <laughs> when I met him, I kind of had no choice because he's like Mr. Stand-up paddleboard. So mm-hmm. that's how I kind of like switched over. I mean, obviously it's similar. You know, you're still in the water on a board. So the transition wasn't too hard. But yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I think you know, it, it looks so easy, but sometimes you get on it. it it's, it's harder than it looks, you know? <laughs> it is. I think all water sports are kind of like that. It looks so graceful when people are doing it and looks so peaceful and stuff. But then when you're out there, it's like this wild mess sometimes. Oh my but gosh. From, from yes. afar, it looks so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I remember the first time I think it was actually, I wonder if that's the day my my dad actually met Roy and that's how I think he had just paddle boards and he was just like letting people use his paddle boards on the water. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I got on one, I was like, okay, this looks cool. So I, I get on it never been on one in my life. This was over 10 years ago and I fall so bad. I got the worst bruise the next day on my hip. <laughs> I was like, this is the worst sport ever. It sucks. I got a bruise. What's peaceful about this? Nothing. I was still on that. <laughs> And then like, I think two years later, I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it another shot. And it is nice. You know, it just, yeah. it, you know, um, it was a rough, it was a rough day for me and it kind of scarred me, but, but, um, you know, I, I love it now. I love it now. Yeah, no, it is awesome. Once you get used to it, once you oh, get over yeah. that initial, but at least you're falling in the water and not like on pavement or something, you know? Yeah. Like if you were to go longboarding, you fall, you, you know get a scrape on your knee, you're bleeding from yeah. water. Well, it's water. Yeah, exactly. Just don't land on the board. <laughs> but. Definitely. <laughs> so I want to, you know, talk about, first of all, I, all of the competitions that you've been in for stand-up paddleboarding literally blows my mind. <laughs> the one I really want to is one that I had the honor of being there, seeing you cross the mm-hmm. finish line from Cuba to Key West. <laughs> that was not only literally historic because it made the Guinness world record, but it was just, I remember you talking about this with your friends and family about this dream that you wanted to do. And I know you've shared with me your why on why you did it. And I would just love if you could share with the listeners, you know, what inspired you to want to uh, go into such a, a hard race, you know, that's no small thing. So what inspired you to do that? Well, so being in the water world here in Florida, especially, um, there's not like a lot of women athletes that are in water sports in Florida. We're not like California or Hawaii. I mean, we have them, but it's like few and far between. There's so many times I'm out in the lineup, like, and there's not a lot of women. So I'm always trying to get you know, other girls or women involved in the water world, just because it brings such a sense of peace, so being in the water and the ocean and everything, there's just so much about it that it just really like makes a person whole. And you see people change like their whole life because of the ocean, which is really cool. But, and just in general, inspiring women to be more active. Um, I grew up as an athlete, so I was around women when I was playing sports, but as we get older, you know, we start having families and things like that. And we start to like, trail off and we're we're so focused on other people we forget to focus and inspire ourselves Mm. so I really like to 
do these things to push other women to do things that challenge themselves, to not forget about yourself and to just really go out and challenge yourself, you know? Um, so that was one of the reasons why I did the crossing. Um, or I did it to raise awareness for women in sport, basically. Mm. Um, and I think no matter what level it is, you know, obviously this was a little extreme. So, but some people, whether it be like running a 5K, a 10K, or what I did, like everybody's level, whatever challenges you is what matters. You know what I mean? So if people are like, well, yeah, but I mean, who's going to like paddle from Cuba to Key West? Well, that's not what I was trying to make people do. <laughs> I want to inspire them to push themselves to whatever it is that challenges them. Mm. Even if it's not in sport, even if it's academically or in business or in your work or whatever it is to go out and just get your dreams, conquer your goals, all that stuff. So that's why I went out there and challenged myself. <laughs> that Indeed you did. <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> and you really did accomplish what you went after because I remember myself seeing you do that. I'll never forget how incur- like how inspired I was by what you did. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. first of all, just you it was over a day, over 24 hours, okay, where you're out on the water night and a whole night, a whole day. And I, I'll never forget when you were on your way and like the news people were just starting to crowd in the shore. Uh, you know, I like me, me and my dad had just gone there like 20 minutes before we're like racing to like, make sure we got it. And, um, I remember everybody's like, guys make way for Victoria. She's like, you know, she just literally did a world record. She's going to want to like sit down and breathe for like a moment. Cause she literally hasn't for over a day. So guy, just please like give her space. And you, you know, land, you know, you made your way to the sand after being out on the water and I'm thinking, oh, Victoria's going to like just, you know, pass these news people and sit down and drink water, you know? And <laughs> you were so gracious with everyone and anyone that came to you asking a question, whether it was a news camera or just a friend or a family member, like you weren't like rushed off to like do what was comfortable and what you felt like you needed. You were like, no, I'm, I'm going to, you know, speak to these people and it was just it was inspiring to me because I was just like wow that you're just so gracious so so gracious and then eventually after 10-15 minutes you're like all right y'all um uh, my feet feel like fire can I sit down and then it's like of course I know all of a sudden I was like oh my god my feet are throbbing and they're giant right now <laughs> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> so let's let's talk about that for a moment um you were it was 27 hours yeah 27 27 hours on your feet yeah right so can you tell us what the journey was like like what exactly what that was like okay yeah so um well we left cuba in the morning um i set off i don't remember like seven in the morning or something i can't remember the exact time um once we got out of the marina hemingway it was it was pretty smooth for a bit and then all of a sudden the winds started right away like we were expecting them to come a little later in the day but probably about a mile or two out of the marina it just started getting really windy already and I'm like oh gosh (laughs) but so all the wind was coming from my right side and the swell was coming from my right side so I was paddling on my left side to counterbalance you know the way it was pushing me 
Um, and that's pretty much how it went for the majority of the time. I, the seas picked up, it was probably about two feet normally. And then it started picking up to around three, four feet during the night. Um, we had a storm for two hours at night. So the wind got really crazy and it was like hard to see and crazy. I just wanted to quit at that point, but I didn't. <laughs> so that was good. Um, and then, yeah, you don't really realize how long the nighttime is until you're out there paddling <laughs> all night. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I, can't uh, <laughs> I felt so bad for my crew. I kept saying like, what time is it? They're like it's 12 o'clock or one o'clock in the morning. Okay. Da, 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 da. What time is it? One thirty. <laughs> Hey guys, what time is it? It's it's two o'clock. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but eventually the sun came up and then we still had I landed around eleven or something, eleven thirty. So we still had like a whole four four or five hours of light time before <laughs> I landed. So I'm like, yay, it's light, we must be almost there. Oh, five hours. <laughs> wow. But yeah, the wind was constant the whole time. Even into Key West, um, the chop settled down a little bit in like when we were pulling up to you guys, but it was still really windy like that whole entire time. So that was really the biggest pain was wind. <laughs> but yeah, I was up on my feet the whole time. Um, a couple times I sat down to eat for a minute or so on my board. But as time went on, I really didn't want to sit down because then, then I started not wanting to get back up. Um, and then one time a barge went by and I had to sit for like probably five minutes, which really sucked <laughs> to get back up. I'm like, oh my God. And then after that, I just didn't even sit. They would hand me my food. I would stick it in my pouch that I was wearing and I would just like break, like if it was a sandwich, I'd cut it in half, break it, stick half in my mouth and keep going. So, yeah. You said, you know, it was in the middle of the night where the winds really picked up. It was a two hour storm and it was at that moment that you wanted to quit because mm -hmm. it was pretty much the hardest part of your journey was the <laughs> moment. What, what got you through, through that moment? What mindset or what did you have to tell yourself? to not quit and to keep going. Yeah. So it was weird. Cause I was like in a fight with myself in my head. So mm. I didn't want to say anything aloud. Cause I would know that the guys like would say something. And even if it was encouraging, I would probably still get upset because I was annoyed at that time. <laughs> so I was just having this fight in my head. Like, you know, I felt, I still felt fine. I just was tired of paddling like mentally. And so I just was like, this is, this is crazy. Like, why am I even doing this? This is really annoying. Like, this is hard. I can't see anything, but I felt fine. I wasn't dying. I wasn't sore. I wasn't injured or anything. So I was like, in my one side was like, you can do this. Come on. I mean, you don't even have to do it. You know, you can do it. You're almost there. And then you're the other side was like, well, you're not almost there. You're only actually halfway through and you don't know if you can do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm not dying. I'm not injured. So I have to keep going because that's why I'm doing this. And this is what I wanted when I, when I signed up, not signed up, but when I signed myself up to do this, I wanted to challenge myself like to the max physically and mentally. And I still continue to do that. Um, and I was like, well, this is what you wanted. You know, you wanted to challenge yourself. So why are you going to stop? Like, am I going to go and get on the boat and just like ride in when everybody's waiting for me? So then I 
had to go. <laughs> wow. So, and I, like I had one, my dog that I had at the time before the crossing, he passed away, but I had him for like 17 years. And this is just part of how I kept going also is um, the day before he passed away, I was laying on the floor with him and he was like super, super weak. But I remember he somehow got the strength to like stand up and like walk around. And I'm like, you know what? If he has the strength to do that at this moment, like there's no reason why I don't have the strength to keep going on this. And I had his picture on my board and everything too. So, and I, I told him too, I'm like, I'm going to do this. So, and cause he was with me the whole time when I was training. So yeah. <laughs> I remember your There's a lot of different motivational <laughs> factors that kept me going at that moment. And then I'm like, all right, somebody give me some Coca-Cola. <laughs> I need some sugar. <laughs> yeah. And it worked. <laughs> wow. That. I remember your your dog that you had that you would always have pictures on your paddleboard or on the ocean or on the water. And so that's so beautiful that, you know, you said 17 years that you had your, mm-hmm. your, your dog yeah. and the impact of like your dog just standing up one of the last days. And you thought to yourself, if my dog could stand up when he was literally dying, what makes me think yeah. that I can't stand up? Exactly. And one thing that really stood out to me was when you was in the middle of that literal storm, you know, not like a mental storm, but as you were in the middle of an actual storm, it's like your mind was in the storm of, you know, wanting to quit, but then mm-hmm. persevering. Yeah. And it was so interesting. Cause you said, it's not like you were physically tired. You weren't sore. Your body wasn't hurting yet. Like it would, mm-hmm. it did hours later. It was just your mind that was saying, yeah. well, you might as well quit now why are you even doing this? Why'd you sign up for this? And it's crazy because I've had this conversation with friends of mine where it's like, they're, they're not paddleboarding from Cuba to Key West now. Right. But you know, it's, uh, it's those same voices, mm-hmm. whether they're doing their own endeavor or something that they're going through. And it's that same voice of, well, you might as well give up. Exactly. You might as well just quit. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you, how did you prepare yourself physically and mentally before going into the race? How, what did that look like? How long did you have to physically train and how did you mentally prepare yourself for that? Well, just mentally, since we were talking about that first is, I mean, as far as I don't really like meditate or do anything like that. I just don't. Um, I did yoga, but only for the stretchy purposes. But um, I think that when you do big things or whatever it is in your life that you're aiming for, you really have to dig down deep and figure out why you're doing it. Because in the moments that you want to quit, if you don't know why you're doing it exactly, then you're going to quit because you're not going to know what you're out there for or what you're, even if you're, whatever it is, you know, you don't have to be paddling. It could be anything. You, when you go to do something, if you really want to do it, you really have to know exactly what it means to you and why you're doing it. And that's, I think, what mentally gets a lot of people through things is just knowing exactly what they're there for. Because it's not going to be easy no matter what road you're on all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So during those times, it's like you, you better know why you're out there, or why you're doing that, because that's what's going to like push you through those moments. So mentally, I just prepared by breaking down myself and why I wanted to do this and what my goals were. And I write stuff down a lot. 
So I just would write it and anytime something would come up, I would write it and read it. And I just went over it a lot. So I knew in my head, like I was solid with my reasoning, you know? Um, and then physically I trained, well, I've always been paddling races. So I was in race shape. This is ultra endurance. So it was different kind of training. So I trained specifically probably like six to eight months specifically for this. I had to like learn how to slow down my pace and how to eat and things like that. So yeah, it was like six to eight months, but I already, you know, I've been racing for like four years prior. So it wasn't too, like too much of a switch, but it was just a lot of time on the board. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I remember you also in the middle of training for world record, you were also <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong a full-time firefighter paramedic as well as studying full-time school? Yeah. <laughs> so How, I, Victoria? How did I, you balance I, all of that? <laughs> when I think about it now, I'm like, what in the heck? <laughs> <laughs> so when I was working at the fire department, I took a promotion like eight years prior, and I was a fire inspector for the last eight years. So I actually was working Monday through Friday, 7 to 4. So it wasn't like a normal firefighter shift where they work 24 on 48 off. So I would basically, yeah, and I was in school for my PhD. At the PhD level, um, it's a lot more writing. So I just, like, it's not like you have to physically go to class or anything. I mean, you're more on your own kind of a timeline. And I'm good at writing because I've been in school for, whatever, 15 years before that. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. That part I just did really late at night. Um, but with the training, I would go to work in the morning and then I would train like either in the gym. Well, I tried paddling in the middle of the day, but that didn't work. So I mostly would do CrossFit or yoga in the afternoon, like at lunchtime on my lunch break. Then I would go back to work and then I would um, get off at four and I would go paddle. And so I would paddle until like, I don't know, six or so, and then go home and eat and do my stuff take care of the dog or luckily Rory's really supportive as you know. So he was like, he would have some of my stuff loaded up or sometimes he would have food. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes not. It depends what I wanted to eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was a lot of go, go, go. I'm used to that though, but it was definitely a very busy time for sure. And then on the weekends I did my long distance paddles. Mm. So Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I'm such a visual person. So I'm literally imagining you. Okay. So she's at work. Okay. And then in her break, she's, she's training. Like she's doing CrossFit. Yeah. Okay. And then now she's going, okay. And then she's paddle boarding. And I'm like, wow. Okay. I mean, and I worked out of my car, you know, doing inspections. So I would have a lunchbox so I could work out and have, I would have snacks before workout and then I work out and then I can have my lunch while I was driving, like if it was a sandwich or whatever, just, you know what I mean? So <laughs> that is awesome. So your lunch break was a workout break and then it you had was. your lunch while you were driving back to work. That <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> just planted a seed right there, Victoria. <laughs> yeah, no, right? That's, that's awesome. And so now that, you know, you've done a lot on the water and do a lot of like recreational things like that. You are also now a certified sports nutritionist and performance coach in your company, mm -hmm. Tactical Athlete Nutrition. Yeah. 
So what's that like now? Because clearly you're passionate about nutrition, you mm-hmm. know, physically and, you know, mentally and things like that. So what um, inspires you to do that on your day to day now that you've done a lot in your early years? Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had a passion in it since even before I started the fire service. So since I started so young in the fire service, I was 20 when I got hired. Um, I knew I was going to have to go another route, like eventually, you know, I can't retire at my age. So um, that's why I chose that route, which I had originally planned on going in anyways. Um, but it's, it's similar. I love helping people and I really love obviously the healthy lifestyle. And I like, actually this is more recent, but I really like teaching and I like te- educating people. And I, I think that like implements a better change in what people's goals are. If they know what they're doing instead of just being like, eat this. Like I like to educate people. Um, so I train them on, I mostly work with a lot of nutrition clients, um, most, most high performing athletes. Um, I have some like general population as well. So I like both the same and yeah, I just try to teach them how to eat to perform at their best, um, how to recover properly. And I train physically people as well in the gym. Um, actually with the COVID thing, it was weird. We were doing like a lot of online training, which was kind of strange. But now we're back in the gym, which is fun. And yeah, I don't know. I love it. It's good. Some paddle, I have some paddle boarders that I work with. That's fun. Um, bringing nutrition in the paddle world. Sports nutrition is such a small field that you would think sports have been around forever. So people must know how to eat for it. And it's like the complete opposite. Mm. So even like the top pro football players, like they, I mean, they have nutritionists, but you think it would be incorporated more and it's not. So incorporating it into the fields and seeing their performance increase because of nutrition is really, really cool. So I like, I don't know. I like doing it. It's fun. That's awesome. And yes, you definitely have a heart to help people. That's I've liked since the day I've met you, Mm -hmm. I would have never guessed all of the things that you've done and accomplished in your life because you are so humble. You're so sweet. And every time I talk to you, I'm like, you like listen so well when you speak, it's just like, wow, that was a golden nugget that I didn't have before. <laughs> and you just genuinely want to help people. And if it's you and Aurora on the beach and you got extra paddle boards and someone's like, Hey, can I use one? You're like, yeah, for sure. You know, and you'll let them use it. And you know, like, it's just, it's so beautiful because you have such a heart to give and it's definitely felt by others when, when you spend time with them. So I appreciate that. And, um, just, yeah, all the little beach times we have together. Yeah, I know. It's so fun. (laughs) Victoria, I want to ask you one last and final question. Okay. And you've learned a lot. You got a lot of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? (laughs) I know this question is like always so hard. I think that I would tell myself and I still would tell myself this and I'm sure I would tell myself this, that I would tell myself this when I'm 80 is have more confidence. Um, And I think that, and I I mean that like I would tell myself that then I still tell myself that now Um, back, back when I was younger, I wasn't aware of confidence. So, you know, nowadays people are more in tune with that kind of stuff because of social media and we have internet and stuff. We're more like in tune with those things. Yeah. But back then I was just doing my thing, whatever. And 
I don't know. I wasn't as confident. I just was just doing my thing. But I think if you have more confidence, you're able to like get out there more and inspire more or motivate more people or just be more yourself. So yeah, have more confidence. That's what I would say. I love mm-hmm. that. Definitely. That'd be good, especially in today's age right now. <laughs> I think that's definitely what we can all have is a confidence in, you know, uh, just knowing what we can do and what we are capable mm-hmm. of doing. And yeah. you've definitely been such a good example of that to so many women. Victoria, I just want to thank you so much for the time that you've given us tonight, that you've given me, uh, just sharing how you got um, your love for the ocean, you know, how you started surfing and, you know, shifted from surfing to paddleboarding, how your journey was from Cuba to Key West, you know, what you had to do to train for that and sharing with us your hardest, you know, trial and the, the mindset that you needed to prepare yourself with. Um, in order to do such a journey like Mm -hmm. that. And then just also sharing with us pretty much what you're doing now and and what you love to do and how you love to help others. It's inspiring. It's encouraging. I miss you so much. I seriously have to wake my way up there to see (laughs) you and paddleboard with you. Good waves. (laughs) Yes, better waves than where I'm at right now. (laughs) I know. Awesome. Well, thanks again for having me. Of course, of course. And Victoria, before we end this episode, where can people follow you uh, on Instagram to kind of get um, updates on like anything, water, nutrition, anything like that? Yeah. So my Instagram handle is aquaholic V, not alcoholic V, alcoholic. Uh, uh, let's emphasize that one more time. So that's definitely going to be in the show notes on the bottom. <laughs> aqua, like the blue color. Yes. Aquaholic because, you know, Victoria just loves the ocean. So there you have it, folks. That's for today's episode. And uh, today was so good, Victoria. And again, thank you. Cannot wait to see you. And have a great rest of your night. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah.